Howdy, ads. Here from the tailgate, home of Aggie football, coach, and the delivery man. What's up, Corey? What's up, Al? Uh, today's show brought to you by Frida Homes, building Aggie's dreams. Custom home builders with over 15 years of experience in Brazos Valley. If you're looking for someone that cares about you and the details that you care about, contact Freedom Homes. Visit them on Instagram at Frida.Homes. When you call or contact them, just remember, everyone loves their freedom homes. All right. Email us at axtailgate at gmail.com. Visit us on YouTube. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Spotify, etc. You can find us. See, Money, let's start a little bit Aggie basketball today. All right. It's about Look, the only thing going on right now. It is really about the only thing going <laughs> Not on. Not a lot. We're definitely in a dead period, right? Yeah, dead, dead, dead. Uh, And we got some topics coming up in the next couple of weeks that will cover some, you know, some of this dead period of time. But today, let's start off with a little bit of basketball. We're going to get into some Jimbo Fisher a little bit later. All right. Look, they're now 12-5 and overall. They're 4-0 in the SEC. Throughout the season, they're 8-1 and at home. Pretty darn good job at home. Yeah, they've won six in a row since we last spoke last week. We were on the podcast. They beat number twenty Missouri, eighty-two to sixty-four, pretty handily in yeah. that game, and they absolutely annihilated South Carolina, ninety-four to fifty-three. That game may not have been that close. And that's a South Carolina team that was coming off a big win at Kentucky. At Kentucky. At Kentucky. I'm talking. They they destroyed Kentucky. I mean, it, it wasn't that close. Yeah, no, so really impressive job. I mean, defensively, they just absolutely yeah. annihilated South Carolina. It was impressive what they did. And we'll get into a little bit more, you know, look, they've got Florida coming to town. Again. On Wednesday, that, you know, Wednesday tomorrow. Go, and then they're going to Kentucky on Saturday. Two big games. Two big games against two competitive good teams, right? Right. I mean, Kentucky's record may not say that. Yeah. So Kentucky's got talent. I mean, it's not – I mean, they have – Player of the year back, Oscar Sheewood. Isn't that something? Yeah. And, uh, you know, they got the kid Wheeler who transferred in from Georgia a year or two ago. And, um, and they're Kentucky. They always get those recruits. So they're not bad. And they were saying on Tex Ags <clears throat> that this is a big run for the Aggies. And it started with Missouri. Yeah. Well, I think it started when they started the SEC. They're 4 0. Sure. Absolutely. And if you get past Florida again at home, which I don't think, I think they should do. Yeah. And they, I think that the way it's going right now, they should beat Kentucky. Yeah. I mean, the if best you look, team. If you look at the two teams and the way they've played over the last, let's say, couple of weeks. Yeah. A&M looks like the better team, right? Right. Now, if you go look at recruiting classes, uh, I think Kentucky will show, out, show up to be a better team, right? Right. Um, but overall, look, this team is playing. We talked about it a little bit last time, you know, you know how much I love Buzz. I think Buzz is great. I, you know he's he's. We all have breakfast he's, all the time. He's, he's a Gillespie disciple, right? We have breakfast all the yeah, time. Yeah, we, we do. We have breakfast together from all, time to time. All the time, yeah. And uh, he's a Gillespie disciple, and he believes in those types of traits, right? It's hustle, 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 play hard. He doesn't always get the time. He doesn't always get. He usually doesn't get the dang top end recruits, right? But he's got guys that 
that buy into what he wants to do, which is effort, effort, right. effort all the time, right? Mm-hmm. And it's all based on defense. They're going to press you. They're going to trap you. They're going to run. You know, it's it's a defensive first mentality. I love that about the way Buzz coaches this team. Right. However, each one of the last few years, one of the problems that we've had is that there's been so much turnover through the transfer portal and everything else right. that the first part of the year, he's just constantly, constantly trying to figure out exactly who the guys are, try to get them to the point where he want, he needs them and get the effort up as high as he needs it. But you can't use that excuse anymore in today's game because every team is going through what you just said. Every team. I don't care who it is. But it's different no- when you're – when it's different when the – Basis of your team is that effort, right? Because yeah, it is that effort. But I mean, you have four of your top scorers back from last year. The big loss was Q, right? You lost Q, but you have Boots back. You yeah. have Wade back. You have Coleman back. I mean, you have a lot of in Gordon's back. I mean, you have a lot of guys. Yeah, but those three guys are the really only guys back in the, that are that are really in the rotation, right? Well, there's only Hefner gets some playing Hefner's time. Hefner's getting more, but I'm saying you had four of your five. I think it was four of the five starters were back. You brought, brought in Marble. Gordon's no longer starting, though. No, but Marble, the guy from Michigan State, he's getting a lot of playing time. He's been a plus. Dexter Dennis. Dexter Dennis is getting a lot of playing time. So, and that's something he has done is trimmed down the roster to where he's not playing 12 guys a game. He's playing more eight maybe nine-man rotations now. Yeah, so, you know, we go back and we talk about this game against Missouri, right? In Missouri, we come out and, man, we just absolutely kill it in the first half. Right. You know, um, but we do it with Wade Taylor and struggling against mm-hmm. Missouri, right? Wade Taylor's struggling. He's been sort of the guy that, you know, his, his, he's the guy the ball in his hands and, you know, probably our best scorer overall on the year. Maybe it's Tyrese, I don't know. Um, but they're right up there. Right. And he struggles in the first half. Hefner hits some threes. They get some guys, some production from some different guys, you know, and they are whooping up on Missouri in the first half. Right. Second half begins. Missouri comes back. Missouri comes back, right? Sort of a lull. It seems like they start, Missouri starts pressing a little bit, and it takes the Aggies a little bit of time to adjust to the press, get some... you know, some turnover, some thing. But at some point, Wade Taylor gets it in his head that he's going to take this game over. He did. And they foul him. It, that was another piece, right? Missouri, with their pressure, ended up having to get a lot of fouls, right? Ended up fouling us a lot. Right. Put us, so we were on the line for two, I think, with 10 minutes left in the half. That's a lot. That's big. You know, and, you know, one of those is – was Wade, who hadn't, you know, hell, man, he couldn't find a bucket. And then all of a sudden he hits the free throw. The Michael <sighs> Jordan thing, huh? He misses, you know, I think he missed the first one, hits the second, and and, and just straighten it. Mm-hmm. And you're right, it's the Michael Jordan thing, right? Because yeah, he, he, he saw it go through the net. Yep. The rest of the game, <clears throat> money. Yep. And he closed it out, right? And the, a lead that was down to four... You know, probably a 20-point lead at half or something like that, down to four. 
And they end up winning by almost 20 again. And, you know, that Missouri team, which I think is a lot like the A&M team, not a lot of big-name players. Uh, they Except were, they're more perimeter players. They're right? more perimeter. And, they, and when they're not hitting their shots like they were against A&M, maybe yep. it was A&M defense. And that's the one consistent A&M's had is the effort, yep. the defense. The shooting hasn't always been there. You don't know if it's going to be there in, night in and night out. But the one thing you can count on is defense. And so that's uh, something that travels. And we got – and there's two teams, I think, that are above the rest in the SEC right now. And that's mm-hmm. Alabama. They look very they look, good. Yeah, they look phenomenal. I mean, just they, have, looks phenomenal. they have a couple of NBA players on their team. That Miller kid, he's going to be a top pick. He's good. He's 6'9", 6'10", shooting threes. One of the guys that's a backup over there just got arrested for murder. So, Well, I don't think they – I mean, they might miss him, but I don't think he's going to – Probably not. But then you have Tennessee, who just lost to Kentucky – which was a head-scratcher. I didn't see that coming at all. Way Kentucky's been playing, Tennessee's been playing, but Tennessee just lost. And so we got Kentucky this weekend. So you don't know. Maybe Calipari is turning around. And look, uh, you know, so you're right. I mean, this team, if they can continue to play well, they're going to have a chance to be in the top three or four in the SEC. Right. Right. Which I mean, we expected this year. That's what with what you had coming back and the preseason hype, that's what was expected was a top four finish in the SEC. So and and now you're starting to see it. And like I said, we talked about Wade Taylor, but you know, Tyrese Radford, mm-hmm. Boots, yeah. right? Guy that's the glue for this team. He's the leader. Oh, absolutely. Right? Yeah. He's you know, he'll Does rebounds, everything. defend, start to break and yeah. start to break. And usually some pretty good points, but he doesn't always have to score. No, right? I don't think he looks for a shot enough. And yeah, he could probably be more aggressive on that side. But the guy is is probably the leader for this team as far yeah. as the emotional <clears throat> leader, right? right? Unbelievable. And and you know we started to see some of that last year in that run. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously Q was the guy. Yeah. But Radford also took on a much bigger role as the season went on. And now he added, we talked about him before, the two transfers, right? Julius Marble, Dennis Dexter, who are starting to really buy into what Buzz sells every day, right? Dennis Dexter? Is it Dexter Dennis? Dexter Dennis. That's all right. What happens when you have two first names, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Get that shit fixed, man. Change one of those. That's all right. Uh, Dexter Dennis (laughs) uh, and Julius Marble, right? And... And look, I was very impressed with Marvel the other day because, you know, he they were and they were talking about it in the broadcast. Um this guy's like a forty something percent free throw shooter, but he's been money the last couple of weeks. Something you can work on. Free throws is something you can work on. I mean Shaquille O'Neal couldn't do it, but other people could. <laughs> I mean, seriously, it's a it's something it's a routine, it's a rhythm. Um, and you just practice it. You go to the line, you yeah. shoot a couple hundred every day and so you get that and they were talking about on the bracket. He's got good strokes, so it's hard to see why he was a forty-something percent free throw shooter. But at the end of the day, the last few games, yeah. he's been turning. He's got that turnaround. If he, he obviously that's something that's going to be big. And so for Julius Marble being that guy, and you know he gets he sort of also gets some effort baskets and different mm-hmm. things, right? Um, man, he made one that looked like why is he throwing up this prayer in the in in the lane? But it, it, you know, it just went in. You know, whatever. Um, but, you know, watching them play the basketball, I don't see their offensive sets. I mean, the defense, I watch it. It seems like Buzz is okay to let them pretty much do what they want as long as they're trying on defense, right. doing their defense assignments. Yeah. Because I see them come down. You mean and, on offense, do what they want. Yeah, do what they want. Like, as long as they're playing defense and guarding everybody tough. Because they played a lot faster pace against Missouri, who yeah. Missouri was pushing. I was like, man, they're going to 
slow this game down sooner or later. But no, they just kept chucking shots up. And it makes sense, right? If you're going to pressure and get turnovers, man, you need to push. Yeah, get the easy right? buckets. I mean, with those buckets, they were shooting threes. Uh, Hefner was shooting threes, yeah. and he was hitting them. But that's the thing. He's been doing a good job, too, in providing, yeah. you know, and it's and it's two or three a game, whatever, right? Right. And that's so why I want to see Boots is when they're, when they're doing that. He did it a couple times against uh, Missouri and I think also against uh, South Carolina. He took the ball to the hole. He's so athletic. He's yeah. more athletic. He's probably the most athletic player we have on the team. Like in the Q range, you know, that he can jump over people and take it to the hoop. Could be, could be, it could be Wade Taylor. Yeah, maybe Wade. But Boots is pretty athletic. Yeah, yeah. And he took his, yeah. takes it to the hole and he can finish. More than Dexter Dennis, for example. Right, yeah. And, th- and so that's the thing. I mean, that's what I like to see him do. If, if he has a chance, instead of settling for a three-point shot, I'd rather take a easy two. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, a, is out of the norm now. The norm is a three is better than two. That's what everybody says. But what percentage are you making a three? Are you making a 35 Yeah, but a, lay- a, layup, a layup is always better than a three. Every day, so. every day of the week. I don't think so. You know? Um, <clears throat> and a guy that we haven't talked to, Coleman... You know, is He's another down this year a little bit. He, like. he is, but still another guy that's sort of a glue guy in that group too, yeah. right? And and definitely a communicator on the defensive side of the ball. And, and and when he gets into foul trouble, we sort of see how this team struggles sometimes when he's yeah. out, right? But he's, I mean, his energy is still through the roof. And he's strong for his side. I mean, six eight. Yeah, he's strong. You know, him and Marvel together inside. I mean, they do clog up the lane a lot together. I think that has mm-hmm. hurt Coleman a little bit. It's having another big yeah, guy in there. That's with true. Him. Instead of spreading the floor out, but that's just you know that's where we're at. But he's still double digit score. You know, the last few weeks has been a double digit rebounder too. I mean, the guy's been really killing it on that side. A guy, you know, we've talked about some of the guys off the bench with Hefner and a few other. You know, Andre Gordon's still a guy that contributes at small, short, you know, intervals. Yeah, I was expecting more out of him this year. I just haven't seen it. I don't. Um, <coughs> Manny Baseki, I guess, is hurt. I don't know, but he yeah, hasn't seen hurt. he hasn't seen the field or the court in yeah. in They're a couple weeks. Him back, right? Like maybe this weekend, they said. So hopefully he gets healthy and we can. Act, because last year at the end of the year, that's a guy that was a big time player for this program, right? I mean, he really started to be almost that second scoring option at times for that yeah. team last year behind Q. Now he's an athlete. That's a guy. Another guy oh, yeah. that's a really good athlete. He uh, he can jump out the gym. He gets out of control sometimes, but he's a really good athlete. Unbelievable. Yeah, he can get to the hole. He right? turns the ball over a lot. That's his biggest problem. And so, and that's the step that I thought he started to take at the end of last year, and it just hasn't sh- you know showed up again. Now let me ask you this. Year. Okay, so Obaseki's been out. Yeah, the team's been doing well. Yeah. What do you do? Do you reinsert him? I mean, your team's winning, beating Missouri by 18, beating South Carolina by 40. Uh, I mean, you're on a 4-0 streak. Do you do you mess with the chemistry of the team? Because you're a you, coach. You don't you don't disrupt the team until <clears throat> you you know in game mm-hmm. probably uh, once he's healthy. Okay. You probably start giving him some minutes. Right. If he can show you. The effort next level sort of because that's the whole thing athleticism about what Buzz has in done in practice. Whose minutes are you taking away from? You see what I'm saying? I mean, look with that's Gordon. Is it Hefner? Yeah. Is it? I think Hefner, Hefner sort of plays a different role because of gotcha. his shooting. Gotcha. Uh, but look, you know, at the end of the day, 
a little bit from Dexter Dennis, a little bit from Julius Marble. We talked about the fact that, you know, clogging the lane and things like that mm-hmm. with Coleman. You know, maybe it helps to get one of those guys out of there with an Obaseki on the on the court. So you, you sort of have to do, I think, uh, uh, a couple of different things there. But you don't really start doing it in-game until you're pretty comfortable with it in practice. Right. Right? I just because don't want to see the chemistry get you messed yeah, up. You don't want to you don't want to <coughs> throw, throw, throw a wrench in what they're doing right now. Um, needless to say, look, basketball's playing really well. It's exciting to see them do so. Yeah. We'll see what happens over the next couple of weeks. Obviously, lots of big games. They're going to have to win a lot of games in the SEC to make the tournament, right? Um, so we'll see. That's two years in a row now. Buzz has started off. We're like, oh man, here we go. We lost seven in a row last year. Then we and kill it at the end of the that was in, in SEC play, right? Yeah. And now we're doing beginning of this season. We we're expecting so much. Then Just you the lose slump. The seven. Yeah, that's slump. what I'm saying. Yeah. That's. Avoid that slump, but I think the slump might already happen this year. Hopefully. Because that's the way I see it. Yeah. I mean, I think we're going to lose a few more games. I mean, it's just basketball is a lot. Uh, And in baseball, just a quick note, season starts February 17th. Exactly a month away from today. Nice. So, nice deal. Obviously, we're looking forward to the Aggie baseball team getting on the getting on the field and, and preseason uh, number four or something like that, aren't we? Number five, I think today five. is what they was announced. So that's yeah. pretty good. I haven't played a game. Probably. I have not played a game. I'm losing. Um, some portal news: Aggies land freshman running back Preston Landis from North Texas. Are you excited? Yes. No, no. He was a walking in North Texas, by the way. Good. Um, so interesting that we need depth, though. We need good. depth. I mean, yeah. we've been talking about that. We need running back depth. I'm not sure that's the one we wanted. We talked about Aiden Siano last time, the linebacker from Rice. And so, yeah. you know, another depth, depth. guy. Yeah. Right. Uh, Blake Smith goes to OU. He's committed to the Sooners. That's uh, that's pretty big. I think I that's think. a good get for the Sooners. That's oh, a great get for the Sooners. They also got that other tight end back from South Carolina that right. transferred. He went back over there, too. Uh, I can't remember his name. Stoger, Stoner, I can't remember. Yeah, if they want to do, if they want to have some two tight ends, that's, uh, no news on a nice. No, so no, that's, we'll, that's something we need to. We we'll still have a couple uh, crown over the tail, full back tailback coming back. <coughs> he's announced. He's that's good. He's, he's back. Uh, I think that's huge. That I think huge. I think it's 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 great for him too because mm-hmm. I think it's going to just continue to you know give him an opportunity to get on the field and things like that. I like I really like crown over. I think he can even be used a little bit more as 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 the tailback as well if you want to get him some carries because he's a big power guy. He's going to be a senior, right? Yeah. I mean, all those things I think are helpful. But most importantly, he's going to be the guy that lines up at the fullback whenever. whenever the heavy set? Yeah, whenever we do use a fullback. Yeah, we go heavy. We have him and Max Wright. That's what's big about Max coming back. Um, I mean, I, I'm, I'm excited about that. I mean, we didn't have the turnover. The players that we did lose, it sucks. Yeah. But how many – there wasn't a whole lot of contributors. There's more depth, guys that we were counting on coming – after other people graduate, right? Absolutely. So uh, the core of our football team is still pretty much intact. Right? Yeah, there's. What I mean, say? yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's, I mean, losing guys like Smoke. Oh yeah. And no, I agree. Harris and you know Marshall, Lucas. But we lost you know, Marshall the whole season. He Adelier. only played a couple games last year. He didn't make a big. I mean, but that's not my point because in in year two, these are all freshmen, right? 
or sophomores for a Delier, right? That but you can't fool yourself and think these guys are going to stay. You're not going to take the top class guys. Well, it's not it, it. It you know the fact is yeah people are going to transfer. It's the numbers, yeah. right? It's the numbers that bother you. I don't know if you have it to talk about, but didn't Georgia just won a national championship? The second one yep. didn't they have a couple players or a eight lot of guys? Players? Eight guys in Portland. We're going to talk about it more. No, I'm just saying that's what happens. It but ego. It's hard to keep. But there's a difference between eight and twenty-five. Well, that's just starting. It's just now started for them, though. I'm sure they'll have more. The portal's closed. Well, it's not closing. They'll open back up. They'll open back up after uh, after spring. Yeah, spring ball. Yeah, they'll, they'll lose more. Um, look, we're going to go into a little bit of discussion about the weapons on offense and a quick hit on the coaching staff as well. All right. But first. Oh, here uh, we go. Here we go. DraftKings. Oh, Vanna. Uh, obviously, as we talk about. The Pigskin Podcast Network. Yep. TPPN. You know, we're gonna we're associated here with DraftKings. So let me just tell you a little bit about DraftKings, Corey. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is my go-to when betting on the NFL this holiday season. I don't know if you know this, man, but they got so many different options with regards to how what bets and, and prop bets and different things that you want to do. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that there's all so many different <clears throat> things that you can put your money on. And you can win them all, right? Right. Win them all. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do so. Check this out, Corey. Right now... Everyone can earn up to a hundred percent boost with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app, place the same game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which teams will win, player props, point totals, and more. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win big. Big. I love <coughs> those parlays and teasers. No, you do. You know, it's every week I'm, I'm like a 16, 18. Yeah, it's you great. Know. Download the DraftKings Sports app now. Use code TPPN. That's TPPN. Place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TPPN. There you go. Hey, speaking of those uh, player props, did you put any in last night? I did. How'd you do? I did. Well, we got Mike Evans. Mike Evans. Was it over 65? and a half. Over 65 and a half. He didn't have but like 14 yards in the first half. Yeah, I didn't think we were going to do that. I didn't think we were either, but hey, he came through. Uh, Yeah, that was was pretty good. Yeah, that's fun. It's fun to watch. I mean, even though the game was out of hand, you're like, oh, man. Unfortunately, the game was out of hand because early in the game, you know, I, I also took Prescott to go over. Oh, yeah. How many, how many, I mean, if that game would have been closer, he would have. Right, he would have. Because they started off and they were yeah, throwing the ball. First half, we were on pace. Yeah. yeah. And then. And I'll tell you what, Ezekiel Elliott hasn't impressed me that much. Uh, Pollard has been the better running back. Yeah. And uh, just to get off subject for a second, I know, uh, but the Cowboys, we haven't talked too much playoffs. What are you What are you thinking next week? You got the Cowboys versus the 49ers. Who's your I, pick? I, I think I'm going to. 49ers? Take the 49ers. Yeah. 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 Mostly because of the fact that I have more faith in their coaching staff than I do in the coaching staff for the Cowboys. <laughs> the whole reason we took the Bucks last night because we didn't have faith in the Cowboys coaching the, staff. The difference being that the 49ers' talent, yeah. talent is also through the roof. They have good talent. Yeah. I mean, their third-string quarterbacks winning games. 
What, do yeah. you, what would you do with that kicker from Dallas if you were the coach? I mean, you sit him he, down and talk to him, or you cut him right away? He probably wouldn't have been kicking the rest of the day after the, he missed the I'm first surprised. One. Why didn't they go for two after the second miss? Yeah, second then miss. Then the third miss, and then the, and the fourth, fourth miss. miss. Yeah. Look, he's, <sighs> he's I'm, I, you know, these coaches nowadays go for two all the time anyway. Exactly. What the, hell, the hell, if your kicker's going to miss it, you certainly Jeez. should go for two. When that hit, that, the over was 45 last night. Hey, there's some good, yeah. That son of a bitch didn't hit, miss four extra points. And it pushed. The over. Yeah, it and pushed. it pushed. That's what I'm saying. The over pushed. Yep. And he missed four extra points. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. How pissed are betters today? Exactly. That's what I'm talking about. Get after him, draft teams. Uh, and we, yeah, we, we get a little more. Info. I, I like yeah. that. So the, uh, the one thing I will say is, you know, NFC, NFC. East. Three teams East has three teams in the. What do you think about that in the final four? And Washington could have made the playoffs, and I didn't yeah. think they were that good. I didn't think the Giants were that good, but I didn't think the Giants. Vikings, would Kirk go. Cousins sucks. That is an immobile son of a gun. I've ever seen one. You make a defensive line. The Giants' defense line isn't bad, but if you can sit there and make those guys look like the Aggie offensive line, basically, just sit there and run through them. His quarterback didn't move. Yeah, and he, he, you know, he, he was under duress a lot, you know, in that game. But on top of that, yeah, I thought he he didn't play very well. No, anyway, he so. did not. I mean, once he moved his feet, the pass was off. It was like watching that kid from Miami Dolphins play Thompson. As soon as he moved his feet, the ball his accuracy. I mean, I'm talking. I was a lot more impressed with him though as a rookie. That's, being thrown in that situation. Yeah, thrown in that situation. Yeah. And everything else, you know, I thought he actually, especially as the game went on a little bit further, played a little bit better, right? And his wide receivers didn't help him. Like, I thought no. Waddle had a couple Dropped of drops, a couple, a couple and so did uh, yeah. Tyreek. I mean, maybe, I don't know if the ball comes out different if he doesn't have the right touch. I don't know what it is, but it didn't seem right. Yeah, yeah, they, they needed help. But good good football, by the way, from the NFL this weekend. Really good football. Games. A lot of overs. All the overs hit. Other than the Cowboys. Except for the one push because of the damn kicker. Yeah, the damn <laughs> except kicker. for the damn kicker. All right, so uh, turning back to the Aggies, let's do yeah. – you know, wanted to just quickly hit here sort of the weapons on this offense at this point. We're going to – let's stick here with the skill position. Obviously, the offensive line, it's a huge – Huge piece of what this team is going to do production-wise on offense next year, right. and we talked a little bit about it last week, and we'll you know we'll we'll hit the offensive line again, but let's talk about just the skill position here. And obviously, anytime we're talking skill position, we're going to start with Connor Whitman. Right. Tell me what you think, Corey. I'm excited about him. I, I wish I would have saw more of him last year throughout the year. I think the the best is still yet to come. Uh, with a, we're getting a new offensive coordinator. That's a start. So I think that's good news in a way and bad news in another way. That means that everybody has to learn a new offensive system, but it puts everybody on the same page. It doesn't give Jimbo that whole, hey, this guy doesn't know the playbook yet. This, yeah. Because everybody's started day one, right? Pretty much? Yeah. Well, the offensive line, it took them so long last year to get together. I mean, they're still trying to get together. Well, I mean, LSU, they look good, right? That's the only game. But what do we do different? We ran the ball. Yeah. You got to be – we have the talent. You and I talked about it earlier so, before the podcast. We have the talent to win these games. The coaching was the issue. So, to me, this is – and this is key because, <clears throat> you, you know, obviously you're bringing up Petrino and his system. And I think the, the key here is that 
One, the Trino system a lot simpler than, than Jimbo's. Right. Let's, let's let's start there, right? And so these guys, I think, over just just over the off season, are going to have a pretty good feel of what this offense looks like. It'll still be the first couple of games, which they have some opportunity to play some cupcakes. You know that that they'll have to sort of iron out and get the rhythm and everything else. But but the key here is that. Petrino's system is is similar to Jimbo's in in one sense. They love to give better players a chance to be successful and make plays. And so when you've got better talent, Mm -hmm. it's going to give them an opportunity to show out. It's going to be a simple deal, but they're going to throw the ball deep one-on-one. They're right. going to allow, you know, they're going to run the, the, the hitch or the, or, the, or, or the choice routes, giving those players a chance to beat whoever that defender is. And so it plays right into the strengths that we have. So what is Connor Wegman's strengths? Does he a downfield thrower? Is he a short? Does he make good decisions? If you compared him to another quarterback, who would you compare him to? You know, one, we, one thing, the, the thing that we know about Connor Wegman, because yeah. there's a lot we don't know. Right. But the thing that we know about Connor Wigman is that he's a baller in the sense that he doesn't shy away from the moment, right? right. If you watch him play, we throw him into bad situations from the get-go yeah. with bad, crappy play calling under <clears throat> behind an offensive line that's just getting freaking Kill. destroyed. And the dude still made plays, right? Yeah. Like, it just sat in the face of a rush and threw the ball. Right. You know, so we know. So, to me, that's the first thing we know. And also maybe the most important thing that we know. And that because he's, he, he's a guy that can ball, right? Okay. And that's going to show up. So, that's one. Two, we know he's got the arm. Okay. The physical tools about just... The ability to throw the ball and deliver the ball, even the physical tools in, in the running game, we didn't see as much. We'll see. We'll see I how that develops. I think he is more athletic running wise than what like a Zach Calzada. Yeah. Not so much. Haynes was supposed to be a runner. I didn't see it. Yeah, but kind of uh, like kind of like Kelly. Yeah, I think I think uh, I watched Daniel Jones play this weekend. I see a lot of. Hopefully, Wigman. You know how look great, by the way. Yeah, I think that we can see a lot of that because Jones made good throws, good decisions. Not a great receiving core there in New York, but what I'm saying, I'm, I'm comparing him to Daniel right. Jones. I think that's and look at the difference in Daniel Jones from last <coughs> year under crappy coaching to this year under good coaching right. with, with Dayball uh, over there, right? Yeah, Dayball, and so that's that's what we're talking about, right? right. The Absolutely. ability of taking that step to where he can show what. What Jones did this week, based off of the difference in that offensive scheme, exactly. Right? Yeah, I agree. Um, now, if he plays like Daniel Jones, I'll be very happy. If it goes back to what we've seen the last two or three years with our quarterback play, where they don't have time to get rid of the ball and the play calling is awful, right? But just just specifically on the talent, right? We know the th- these things about him. Yeah. When he, when he knows where he wants to go with the football, he's really good at getting the football. Gotcha. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Now, when he's indecisive, that's when you see him miss some. And that's that's around the, you know, all quarterbacks, right? That's, right? that's life for all quarterbacks. When you're indecisive or you end up with your feet all jacked up, you, they end up making bad throws, right? Right. Quarterbacks that know what they're doing make good throws. Right. Decisive on the point. 
He's got the tools to do that. So now, if you can take that offense, which is that we think, you know, this is going to be a simpler offense, right? And have him be more decisive with his decision making, mm-hmm. then you've got an opportunity to see a guy that's going to be really productive, right? Right. That's that's what I see in Connor Whitman. And not only that, but let's talk about the pieces around him because here's the, you know, this this may be the biggest part of this 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 conversation. I mean, receiving options. Let's talk about the receiving options alone. Right. Look, Stewart, as a freshman, good, was phenomenal, right? For a freshman wide receiver, he had, you know, yeah. led this team in yards, right? Yeah, I didn't even yeah. know. Yeah. And, <clears throat> it's because Moose this, didn't play the whole season. Yeah, because Moose didn't play the whole season. But, you know, that's a guy that you can see the athleticism, the ability to get open, the ability to make a, a defensive back. We saw that in practice. Space, we right? saw that in practice. How those guys couldn't cover him in practice. Yeah, and we have one of the best secondaries in the nation, and we couldn't cover. Him. Yeah, what's that telling you as a coach? And to me, now with more decisiveness in what they're doing, route running instead of so much, uh, you know, Jimbo Fisher, if this then that, mm-hmm. right? Right. That dude's going to be even more explosive, I think, this coming year. Not to mention just the confidence and receive, you know, the the relationship also with with Connor. But that dude athletically is as good as they cut. Okay, right? so who do you? I love comparisons. I'm sorry. Uh-huh. Who do you? Who would you compare him to? You compare him to a Jalen Waddle, a Tyreek Hill, because he's smaller. I'm, that's what I'm saying. Those guys. Well, he's not, but he's Does you he know he's six foot, guys? right? He's Does he six have the foot. Speed? Uh, you know, you know, with him. I almost see more of a possession receiver, like a guy. No, but a guy that's very sudden, right? Uh, maybe like a, a a little bit bigger, faster digs, right? Like, I like it. Yeah, Diggs you know, runs some great routes. Now Diggs, yeah, he's got some great, runs some great routes. And yeah, best route runner. So he's not there are, yet. His hands are money, but he's got the potential for that because he's that he's that sudden, right? Yeah. To me, Diggs, that you watch him and mentally his game is so great, and the fact that you go with Stewart is. You know, all the things that everybody talked about last year going into the season was how hard this guy was working. And I don't think, you know, he got in trouble at one point, but it never stopped. He kept working. And to me, that shows you a maturity that, look, now he's going to have the opportunity next, another year, you know, even get better with some of those details and the route running and different things because his suddenness, his suddenness makes him different. Right. The stop and go stuff. Yeah, Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Um, then you add to that conversation because, you know, obviously he's one receiver. We saw what Moose can do. Yeah. That dude's got the best hands on this team, and right. it's not even close, right? Oh, yeah. You throw it anywhere near him, he's going to catch it. Yeah. Uh, not quite the same athlete as a Stewart, but that dude comes down with the ball. Period. So right? who do you compare him to? Anybody in the NFL? Hands-wise? I mean, who's the best hands in the NFL? DeAndre Hopkins? I don't even know. Hopkins has good hands. Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup. Good. Hey, that's a good call right there. Hey. Now, we're talking like all oh, five receivers, right? But Cup is not a burner. He's right. not a burner. How does he always get open? It drives me nuts every always time we watch him. And he always catches the football. Always. Right? Always. Um, but Moose is another guy that's a huge well, playmaker. Yeah, we saw it. how he made plays last year, right? Yeah. That LSU game you talk about, oh, they were so much better in play calling. Some of that's true. But the other thing that's very true is – 
they made incredible catches for Connor Wigman throughout that game. Yeah. Specifically oh, Moose. Yeah. Right? Yeah, amazing catches. Now, add to that Noah Thomas. Add to that Jalen Preston. Right? Preston, they won't put him on the field. If if we can get him on the field. And who's this? Where you at? Don't say Anais. Anais, man. <laughs> what happens if Anais Get that back? little Swiss Army knife out there? Oh. Because he can do everything. He can do everything. I'd love to see him like an awesome Eckler. But they won't give him the ball enough. No. And the, look at those four guys, too, by the way. Noah Thomas being the fourth, you know, if, if you yeah. include Anais. You know, sort of nice, the quick, you know, underneath, you know, Stewart, the top end athlete, you yeah. know, Moose, a catch, the bottom, and Thomas, big guy, you know, yeah. and, you know, like different body types, different skill sets. It all meshes, you know what I mean? But you give me a Stefan Diggs and the Cooper Cup on the outside. <laughs> well, dude, I can, I can do some work. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you got like a Daniel Jones type quarterback that can move a little bit, throw the ball. And that's Make the best part, decisions. right? You're not asking Connor Wigman to be the all-star. Yeah. So just distribute the ball. Exactly. And we haven't even talked about the tight ends, by the oh, way. Oh, man. But Max Wright coming back. You saw him make plays towards the, you know. Yeah, the more plays than I thought he would. I thought he was going to be a blocker the whole time. Green was <laughs> an absolute hoss from the get yeah. on this team as a tight end. I thought he was better than Watermeyer. From day one, because he could, he blocked with effort, right. um, and then the things that he started to do in the passing game as the weeks went on, you know, gives you a lot, a lot right. of confidence. You can tell him and Connor have a good rapport. Oh, yeah, unbelievable. So, and we haven't even seen Jake Johnson. We haven't even seen the sweep. Are we going to see him? Right? Are we going to see him? Jake Johnson and sweep. And then there's the tailbacks. Oh wait a minute. Who also Daniels? Owens, good guys with the ball in their hand, right? Yeah. Catching the football and doing things. I guess I brought this topic up because I think there should be a level of excitement about the guys that we have, the skill position players that we have on this team, and the ability for this offense to really take a big, not small, huge step forward with good play call. I mean, Petrino should be just licking his chops right now. Oh, yeah. I don't think he's had this kind of talent any team he's ever yeah. coached. I mean, even with Lamar Jackson, yeah. the quarterback, he hasn't had the Not receivers. the talent around him. Yeah, the receivers, yeah. the running backs, the tight 100%. ends. 100%. And he hadn't had the defense on the other side of the ball to get him the ball back yeah. and keep doing it. Because I think that's something our offense can do that we we can take more chances because I think our defense will be that strong. Even without linebackers. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. Yeah, go ahead. But... Um, it makes a lot of sense, and we can. This sort of comes into play here in our next conversation as we go into a little bit of the coaching staff here. Um, but a guy like Petrino would be a fool not to take this job, right? Because he has everything a coach could ask for, right? All he's got to do is come in and be good. What is the only thing that's holding you back if you were another coach not to come here? That's the only thing of one thing. Jimbo. Here you go. All right, so speaking of the coaching staff, so Tommy Robinson, the running back coach, uh, most successful offensive <coughs> coach on the staff the last few years, right, with A-Chain, Spiller, right. the recruiting, you know, with Moss, LJ, Moss, uh, Daniels, Daniels, Owens, Owens right. recruited all those guys, right? It's a bunch of four- and five-star guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most successful coach on the field, off the field. Yeah, let him go. Let's not resign. No, you got to let him go. So, yeah. he's on his way out. 
the players expressed some remorse yeah. there and some downside. Which, you know, it's natural. Guys go, that's a natural thing to do. Yeah. You know what would happen if they came out and fired Jimbo this year? Would there's they all players, celebrate? Be, no, there's going to be a lot of players that have remorse. The there's coaches, be, the, the quarterbacks would all celebrate. They, they all might. hate his ass. They, they all, maybe they do, but there's going to be the players that go. I mean, these players don't come back. Like you a Max celebrate. Wright. I would. <laughs> Max Wright doesn't come back. Uh, Moose. You know, these guys don't come Look, back. Look, Max because, Wright, Max Wright, I mean, the fact that Max Wright comes back is absolute logic, right? I mean, the guy's, what, is he getting drafted? No. No, right? No. So if he wants to play football, he's coming back. He's a uh, Dan Campbell. Yeah, so if he wants to play football, he's, he's coming, coming back. He's going to coach. Yeah, he's going to coach, good. and he's going to go to the Detroit Lions, and they're going to win Super Bowls. There you go. I like it. Dan Campbell's a hell of a coach. Um, so they let go of Tommy Robinson. Dan Campbell is a hell of a coach. You know why he's a hell of a coach? You know why he's a hell of a coach? Did you watch the uh, the Peyton and Eli broadcast yesterday? Yeah. No. Phenomenal. We're getting to that. Phenomenal. You know why Dan Campbell's a hell of a coach? Because he does what Jimbo doesn't do. He lets his other coaches coach. Yeah. But he makes the big decisions when he has right. to. And he, he sets knows the tone. Dan Campbell knows his strengths and weaknesses. He right. knows that I'm not a good play caller. Sets the tone. I'm not a defense. Energy. Coach. Yeah. He sets the energy, right? That's what he's freaking tied in from Texas AM. He is. Tommy Robinson yesterday he made fun of it. he said, Yeah, when they were throwing the football to the tight ends, it wasn't to me. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh so Tommy Robinson's let go, right? I mean, basically they just don't re-sign him. And coincidentally, Petrino brings in a guy that was going to go be the running back coach at Moorhead State. Okay. That was a staffer for him at Murray State that was going to join the staff at UNLV where he was going. He's a he's he's in he's a running back. You said Moorhead coach. State, Murray State, and then you threw in UNLV. These are all football powerhouses. Not Murray State, Missouri State, sorry. Either way, it's all still football a, powerhouses. It's still a powerhouse. All football powerhouses. Yeah. Miles Fishback, and they're bringing him in as an offensive analyst as of right now, is what they've announced. But he was a former like, why is this guy more enticing to you than Tommy Robinson with a proven track record? In what he does. I don't know. I'm not sure what happened there. By the way, the offense at Moorhead State was garbage. The offense at Missouri State this last year was garbage. Right? So, there's no real redeeming quality for this guy. I'm not sure why we need him on the staff. Are you staff, talking about Petrino or are you talking about the running back? The running back, running back coach, the analyst. Okay, I and, got you. I'm not sure exactly what he's analyzing, but whatever he's analyzing, he's not doing a very good job of it. So I don't, you know, but it's it's probably one of these, like he's the nephew of Petrino's girlfriend's daughter, right? Like, right. and, and, <laughs> but we're going to bring him in. Well, it's there. I mean, we'll have to wait and see. I have no idea about these guys. The only thing I know about them is what you told me. I don't know what happened with the Tommy Robinson situation. I, it sounds bad. I mean, him leaving... After he brought in all his recruits, but at the same time, I don't know what the situation was. I don't know if he, maybe he wanted to leave. Maybe he, the pastors, maybe he didn't see. Maybe there's other opportunities from somewhere else. Maybe, but then uh, maybe the news would have been different. I, I don't know. It's, to me, it's it's. I'm getting very frustrated with Jimbo and his hiring practices. The, the the last few coaches that he's hired, for example, let's talk about Petrino, right? Yeah. Jimbo missed on the guy that he wanted for that OC job. Which Let's not confuse that. We don't know who it was. Yeah. But speculate. a couple of weeks ago, Petrino was rumored. 
And then he goes to UNLV. Right. The reason he goes to UNLV is because Jimbo kind of told him, hey, look, we're going to move on in a different direction. Right? Right. Why else would he go to UNLV instead of A&M? Right. Where he's got more money, better players, more exposure. You're saying Petrino was like option three or four? Option three or four. Gotcha. And Jimbo continues to pursue option one. I wouldn't be surprised if it's somebody from that Georgia offensive tree. Yeah. Because... That Georgia offensive tree still is pro stylish. You know, it's in Jimbo's sort of wheelhouse, except much better. And I liked Riley, who went to Clemson, which I know you said it probably wouldn't have been a good fit, but I just think. I don't think Jimbo was chasing Riley because I don't think Jimbo was going to go that extreme with this offense. However, maybe it was Riley. Don't want to go that extreme. Look at TCU, what they did. They just went to the. Yeah, we don't want that guy. Michigan. Let's be proven. So, so he, you know, at some point he goes in there and he's still chasing his his guy, and the guy tells him no. Jimbo goes back, and what does he do? He goes hires Petrino. Mm-hmm. Petrino, a guy with all kinds of questions and this and that, who's had history's not by good. Way, the, the history as a person is not good. Yeah, the history as in his recent history as a play caller hasn't been good. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Bad ending at Louisville with that offense that was horrible when he got fired over there. Arkansas. Bad ending at Missouri State with the offense that he had there. Bad ending at Arkansas. I mean, that was a personal issue. <laughs> well, I mean, right? it might add some excitement to the place around here. You never know. Give us something to talk about. But if you look at the if you look at the production from that coach, he's not coming off of this great season. And why can't you get a top-end offensive coordinator at a place where you have all the facilities in the world. Right. You're going to pay them better than anywhere else in the, in, in the country. You're going to have these phenomenal athletes that we just talked about at their disposal. It's been on podcast. Tell me why. We are going to talk about them. Yeah. Tell me why. Why can't we hire well, the that. guy? You said it a second ago. It's Jimbo. Jimbo. It's all Jimbo. Now, let's go back to the defensive coordinator hiring. Durkin gets hired, you know, he has been running an off a defense at Ole Miss. And let me let me let me pull up the numbers here. The last year at Ole Miss, that defense was 51st in the country. They weren't good. The year before, they were 118th in the country. He did a, they uh, weren't good. He did a good job of turning from 118th to 51st. Yeah, but 51st is still not good. Well, it's better than 118th. It is better than 118th. But my point is that this guy gets hired. The last – right before that, he was a failure at Maryland, by the way, right? I got you. Okay, question. Our offense this year, what number were we in the nation? Like 120th? Oh, uh, yeah, like 100th. Okay, let's – 100th. So let's say Petrino comes in and we're 50th next year. Are you happy with that? You see what I'm saying? You know, obviously, you're going to have to see it, right? Right. You're going to have to see 50th ranked it. offense last year, we're winning more games. Sure. We're not – we're not five sure. and seven. We're sure we're six and six. <laughs> seven and five. Whatever. Yeah, seven and five. I mean, yeah, we still lost to Mississippi State. They beat the hell out of us. But yeah, we're beating App State. We're beating. Uh, I don't know if we beat Alabama or not. That game was kind of weird. Yeah, with a better defense, we beat App State though. But yeah, I mean, just either way. I guess my point is, he hires this guy. He's you know once again. Uh, as a defense coordinator, there's nothing. The last guy you just had, you just got him a head coaching job. All the facilities, the defensive talent on this team was retarded. Yeah. How good it was, right? Except for linebackers. Yeah. And 
And I think the linebacker talent was there. The linebacker coach, on the other hand, still sucks. Yeah. But my point is, there's no excuse for you not to be able to go get top end, top end. Look at guys that signed the same year. Miami, is that a better program? No. They got Kevin Steele. Michigan. Did you really have Kevin Steele? Yes. Okay. 100%. Gotcha. Michigan got Jesse Minter. Now, Michigan, maybe some people say, well, that's a program that's comparable there, right? Yeah. Okay, you can understand that. Notre Dame, Al Golden. How about that? Yeah. Ohio State, Jim Knowles, a guy with a proven track record, right? Oklahoma State, are they a better program? Derek Mason. Penn State. That's a weird hire, by the way, Derek Mason. Yeah, he's gone after. He's already gone. That's weird. Yeah. He's actually taking a sabbatical. Uh, Penn State, Manny Diaz, right? A guy with some history. U- USC, Alex Grinch. Now, he had the relationship with, with Riley, so you understand that. But, you know, those are those are guys, you know, you look at those hires, and those are guys with proven track records, right? Right. Proven track records of production on defense and recent track record of production on defense to the main, the best, the top end programs in the country. And we're going to go DJ Durkin. Number 51 in the country. All I can say is let's wait and see what he does this year. If he's learned from his mistakes. If he hasn't learned, then we got to get rid of him, right? Yeah. We got to. Because, I mean, we don't have time to sit here and wait for him to figure it out after a second year. Does that make sense? Oh, no. I don't Absolutely have the patience not. for it. I hope because that the, the, the level of talent, we have the talent exactly. now. Exactly. And we're going to start losing that talent oh, if yeah. we don't start winning. And here's So here's my other thing, right? And this, I think this is part of the reason that you have to settle for these coaches. I think this is the reason you have to settle for these coaches. Mm-hmm. Coaches don't like Jimbo. Just like his quarterbacks don't like him, which you can see very clearly every time he's on the sideline chewing him out. Yeah. Just like his quarterbacks do not like him. Coaches do not like working for Jimbo. He has to hire a bunch of yes men that go sit in there and just nod their heads all day. Look at a guy. Let me give you an example. Well, let me ask you something. Okay. The same thing was said about Nick Saban. Yeah. Other coaches didn't like working with him. They didn't like Lane Kiffin came out with Lane Kiffin. What's happened since then, though? What do you mean? The he, guy brings in every coach he ever wants to. Yeah. They all want to come back there because they, they, they know that once they – do well, yep. they're going to get another head coaching opportunity. Right. So, I'm just saying, people, they might not like Jimbo as the person or whatever he's doing, but he's here. He's who we have. And, if, and if we start winning, that all changes. It all changes once you start winning. Winning changes the whole narrative. Everything will start. Maybe. It does. Right? For it his does. assistant coaches, it it's not. It, if they don't like him, it's not going to stop them from getting the heck up out of town any as quick as possible. Did Elko right? not like him? Yeah, I bet you Elko didn't like him. You don't think so? But the problem, the difference being is that Jimbo never actually talked to the defensive coaches back then. He never then. does. So now that he's going to be the head guy without offensive coaching. Which he should have been doing the whole time. Which he should have been doing the whole time. He's probably going to piss off everybody on the staff. So, you know, an example, by the way, is when they won the championship at Florida State. He hires Jeremy Pruitt. <laughs> Jeremy Pruitt, a guy that's been fired at Tennessee for, you know, whatever and and then people will say, well, you don't want to hire that guy after what he did at Tennessee. And it's like, wait a minute. We hired DJ Durkin, and mm-hmm. he had all kinds of bad. We just hired <laughs> Petrino, who just, you know, so don't give me the moral character thing with Jeremy Pruitt. You know who our next head coach is, don't you? Jeremy Pruitt was available last year when DJ Durkin got hired, by the way. Jeremy Pruitt was there at Florida State the year they won it. That was his first year at Florida State. He took that defense and made it one of the best in the country, if not the best in the country. And the very next year, he left for the same job at Georgia because he couldn't stand Jimbo Fisher. Yeah. 
One year with Jimbo drove him. And by the way, that defense still had nothing but first-round talent. I mean, he could have yeah. stuck around. But no, he went to defensive coordinator in Georgia. He left for the yeah. same position, right? Right. He could have been available. He's a guy that Jimbo's got a, a history with, right? He's coached together for a year. They coached before that together at some point, I think, under Saban staff. He was available for, for hire to hire last year when Durkin got hired. Did he get hired? No. No. Do you think he wanted to come here? No. <laughs> That's my point. That's my point. No, our I next head coach is going to be Dan Campbell. That's our next head coach. Whenever I Jimbo, I'm telling you, whenever. Dan, you don't think Dan Campbell would. Campbell's a, an NFL guy. Though. Nah, he, he doesn't it. give a shit. He's an Aggie. He loves that Yeah, shit. he's an Aggie. He loves this shit. Hey, they could hire Aaron Glenn. They're, he's getting interviewed. Well, they'll bring them both back in here. They'll bring. He's getting interviewed for head coaching. They'll have an all Aggie staff. All right. A, quick, so a couple of quick hits here around the country. Go ahead. You mentioned it earlier. Georgia has eight players enter the portal, including. You know, four-star linebacker, four-star edge that went to Nebraska, five-star freshman cornerback, mm-hmm. uh, Jaheim Singletary would be a great, be a great pickup, by the way. Uh, four-star offensive tackle, three tight ends hit the portal, including a four-star and a five-star Eric Gibble. Now, mind you, if you're a tight end, why the hell are you leaving Georgia? Because they got two of them that are going to be gone here pretty soon. Yeah, and and the they one of them already gone, right? Yeah, Washington's out. Gone. Yeah. Right, and they give him the ball, but they did. So, so guys leave, even national championship winning teams. Exactly, but, but eight's a lot different than twenty five. Is Georgia hurting after those losses? No. Okay, but so that's my point. Once we get to that point, I mean, it sucks to lose this many guys. I mean, that was eight. Eight is all, different than twenty five. I understand that, but that I bet that eight turns into fifteen here before you know it. You're yeah. at, you know, but somehow or another, it sucks. But winning will fix it all. I'm telling you, because winning does does fix a lot. They're of replenishing. They they don't sure. use the transfer portal that much either. Georgia doesn't. No, it's like what Kirby Smart said after the after the championship. He said, "You know, we went and talked to some guys in the transfer portal. We didn't get a lot of them because we're not going to bring you in unless you fit our culture. Exactly. Right. If you don't fit what we want to do, then you're just going to mess up what we're doing. But now I bet right? those eight players that just left didn't fit like you wanted them to. Yeah. So, you know, for them, it's not a big loss, but it's eight players. Yeah. We're at 25, and there's going to be more to add to that list after the spring. Right. right? You know, you end up with 35. That's a different story. That's okay. You got to get the guys that want to be here. You do need the guys that want to be here. Go ahead. You got to figure out who those guys are before you recruit them. Harbaugh returning to Michigan. He's announced. That's a, a little piece of news. There. I was a little surprised country. about that. After all the, I thought Indianapolis might be his stop. I sort of thought that he was going to stay the whole time. I know. You said that. Uh, Garrett Riley goes to Clemson. We talked about one of those targets that Jimbo missed on. Maybe him. Why Clemson? Uh, Why Clemson? Well, it's easy. They've won. I mean, you're at a winner. That winner. They play in the ACC. Yeah. That allows them to opportunity to continue to win, right? Why wouldn't you want to go to the A and M where you have the facilities, the recruiting? Just Jimbo is the only reason I can think of. I already. T- yeah, I've already. That's all I can question. think of. Yeah. Uh, so good get by the way for Clemson. Yeah, it is. Whose whose who's coordinators, offensive coordinators have been pretty poor the last couple of years. By the way, yeah. Uh, questions from the tailgate brought to you by David Coffin PLLC. Tax controversy and litigation lawyers. Smart solutions for federal tax issues. Experience, respective representation for taxpayers. Over twenty years of experience in tax controversy with offices located in South Lake and now opening one in Bryan College Station. Call eight one seven two five one seven zero four nine. David Coffin PLLC. Will the Aggies be ranked to open the season? No. 
Unless Desmond Howard's doing it, and he'll pick them. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if they're fringe 25 or whatever. I, I don't think they, they'll They have a lot of returning in. talent on paper. They did it last year, too. I do think they've got an opportunity to go to make take a big jump if the coaching staff does what's necessary. Specifically, I'm more on the defensive staff now than I am on the offense. I hope that we're not ranked preseason. I do too. I think the expectations won't be as high and we can yeah. play more relaxed. Get those guys working. Yeah. Uh, how about at the end of the season? Better be. We better be. Better be top two. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck. Uh, question number two, Antonio Johnson, the first safety off the board in the NFL draft. No, I don't think he is. Unless he just plays out at the, uh, what's it called, the camp? You know what I'm saying? The combine. I don't think his year was great this year. I think he had a better year the year before. Okay. Now, if you play that tape from the year before, yeah, first safety off the board. This yeah, year, what, probably Brian Branch, the Alabama guy? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go Antonio Johnson. If he goes, if he runs the 40 with a pretty good time, What's a pretty good time? Four 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 what? Yeah, four five four four in there. Four four is fast. That is fast. That's like my speed. I think he can become the first safety Ooh. on the board. Yeah. All right, Giga Maggie's coach, delivery man. There you go. Signing out.